What are the empathetic challenges in the sales industry? What, what are some of the things that people face every day where empathy or other tools are a good solution to that problem? That's the question we're gonna tackle today with my guest, Nazma Pinyaluk. She's the marketing development manager here at SEAC, and she works hands-on with clients every single day. She's in the fields, down in the mud, getting dirty with the clients and helping them get the solutions that they really want. So Nazma, thank you for joining us. I'm really excited to talk to you today. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I'm sure you are. Right away, you know, from the perspective of a salesperson, what, what are some of the most important things that you need to get right in order to service your customers? Well, I mean, the most important thing is we understand their need. Let's say like nowadays you can't really um, just trying to feed them what you think it's good for them. Mm. So the best way is empathy. You always have to ask them what they want. The challenge part is sometimes they're not actually telling you what they want. They tend to want you to guess and also to know by them giving you a hint. Basically, let's say their boss doesn't want to fix all the organizations, but she wanted to. So she can't really tell me what's happening in the company, but it's like she's calling for help. So what I normally do is I'm looking to the hints. I'm trying to give them information, not the overload, only what they need and uh, slowly make them feel comfortable. And then they tend to give you the real answer. They tend to give you the background of the company and the real issue. So I think that's the most important thing. So it sounds like a big part of your job is peeling away the layers. That's true. To get down to what, what the real needs are. Right. Doesn't sound easy to begin with. It, it doesn't sound easy to begin with, especially if you're dealing with a person who they are dealing with like a thousand of employee. So, of course, they, their, their psychological skills is really good. Mm. And me as a salesperson also have to act as a consultant and we have to be on top of it. Yeah. So we have to know both. It's funny because I think a lot of people have a preconceived notion of sales being a super high pressure sort of job. You go out there and you're buy, buy, buy. Right. And you're using all these sort of NLP tricks and, and stuff like that to try right. to trick your customer. But right. in reality... You're using methods to get them to really reveal to you what they want so you right. can serve them. But, um, well, we can't really go into the same tools anymore like sales people and a person in the old time, right? Yeah. So now the best is I can't really say like you have to make friends with them, but of course you have to make them trust you. It's a fine line. It's a fine line. So all those big tools or uh, whatever you're planning to tell them everything, Basically, maybe they just need to know like 20% all of it. So to understand them, act like you are on their side. You have to understand them. Once they know you are fully on their side, and they will be comfortable to tell us what are the issues. That's interesting. So from an empathy perspective, what role or what pieces of empathy are you using there? And, and how important is that in gaining that trust, but not crossing that line into sort of friendship where they'll feel betrayed afterwards. C correct. So, okay, for example, one of the case in one of the company, they are a big company and they have, let's say, almost a thousand of employees. Mm. And um, it's very hard to, to uh, sell them something, mm -hmm. okay? So first, mo mostly sell, they would just go, okay, uh, our company is selling one to 10. I think 
uh, top top management should learn this, middle management should learn this, and then your line staff should learn this. From my perspective, I don't think that's necessary. Because mm. first, you have to know their problem. Let's say they only ha- have problem with the line manager. So you cannot just go like, oh, by the way, I want your VP to train this kind of course. Mm. It's really good for you. So that, if I was that HR, they would just turn you down. They would say, please come back again the other day. Mm. Or they would contact other person because there's no empathy. Mm. We didn't really ask them what they want from the beginning. Or we didn't even try to dig out what are the issues in order to sell them something. No, we're not like um, salesman that we can just go with a lot of tools and then, oh, let me... Let me fix your air conditions, mm. and uh, let me change your AC or something. But these, the business that we are working, it's actually uh, a people business. It's more on the emotions, mm. and whatever we teaching them, whatever we selling them, the cause, they can always listen. But did they really feel like they are into it? You know, that's the most important. It, it sounds like using empathy though. It sort of lengthens the process. Right. Of, of initial contact to closing. Right. Correct. So once you understand, they feel happy to sign the contract with you. Mm. How, however, how many million it is. But it's also could be months and months before you get to that point. Definitely, because mostly the person we are contacting with, they're not the authorized person. Mm. They're not the owner, right? So they have to go through a couple of the process. So what I normally do is first you go to the contact person. After they buy in, always ask them what else do they need from us to support them to present to their boss. Mm. Should we come back again later to, I mean, with more documents, should we come back later and help you present with your boss? This is what we normally do. So you you really have to use those same empathetic tools at at the initial stage all the way through until you get to the the project owner. Right. And again, that takes time, that you have to develop the relationship. That takes a lot of time, yes. But I think that's good. I mean, by the time we finishing the project, I end up know many more people there. I was just going to ask, your, your network <laughs> must be I- Expanding, yeah. yeah. So that, that's actually, and it's very good to use um, uh, empathy tools to understand, to know them. It, it sounds also like, and maybe I'm wrong, you can clarify me on, on this, but it sounds like using these tools, these empathy tools in the sales process, you're building better relationships that potentially could lead to maybe a longer business relationship as opposed to just a single sale. Right. I mean, even though the same person is no longer there, they will continue the same business with this company. Why? Because they know sales from this company, we are using the right tool for them. Mm. We try to understand them. We're not trying to push whatever they don't need Mm. just to meet the sales target. That's all wrong. I I think also, especially, it becomes more relationship-based almost, which in, in my experience in Asia, that's so much of a key i know i've worked with a lot of western companies who have come to asia right and they miss that piece of doing business here that Mm -hmm. relationships drive a lot definitely in all type of business actually not only sales about connection all about connection especially in asia yeah i've been in hospitality before for more than 10 years then of course moving one hotel to another hotel people call up still on salesperson mobile still asking the same thing, even though wherever you go, they still wanted to uh, do the business with you. Yeah, because it's about that relationship. It's about relationship too. And, and that empathy builds that over time. Definitely. 
And I, like I said, I've seen that time and time again where especially a Western company comes here or, or someone from the West comes here and sets up shop and they miss that aspect. They don't, they're more used to the Western style where it's not relationship driven, it, it's product or price driven. Mm. And my experience, and, and you can speak to this, is product and price don't always make a difference versus relationship here product and price so like if you have the, r the right relationship right you have a, a foot in the door mm. versus if you come in with the cheapest price or the best product mm. well I mean if you're talking about the the relationships and the product they're selling right mm. I mean even though you're selling something extremely expensive mm. and the product is not a very high valuable they would also buy because of relationship mm. Yes. <laughs> sometimes. Some, sometimes, yeah. But I think it opens the door much more than... It, it's definitely harder to call, cold call here, mm. especially with no relationship. Oh, yes, definitely. I, I remember you told me once when you were in hospitality, uh, you would just show up at restaurants to meet the manager. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, that was, uh, yeah, for the system company. And trap, so trap the manager at we, the bar. <laughs> yeah, the way, the way we're doing is we, we just go there as a the customer. We dine there. Yeah. So before, just right before we ask for the bill, we just call like, oh, where is your manager? So get to talk to them, have your service. Oh, yeah. by the way, what system you are using? Yeah. Because... Um, I would like to sell them the system. But first, I have to give them compliment about their, their, their food is really nice, presentation is good, there's a great service, and and uh, what system they're using. And by the way, I came from this company, and uh, it would be nice if, you c if we can just show you our good product. That's how we get it too. And this way was actually help us close at least 80%. Yeah, I remember you telling me it's it's about getting in there and, and starting the conversation, starting right. that, that kind of really low-level empathy. Right, right. And then once they trust, and then they tend to tell you, oh, by the way, this machine is really bad. I always wanted to change it. My, my boss, he said, like, everywhere it's so expensive. So I said, oh, by the way, if you want something a little bit um, a reasonable price, mm. I can recommend you something. Mm. So it's more like be helping I eat in your restaurant I'm very happy here also I wanted to help you besides I'm paying the bill well that's a big part of empathy is helping right right and in having the understanding of their needs mm. now again when you deal with the manager sometimes it's the same thing as at the restaurants it's kind of the same thing as dealing with the HR here right they're not necessarily the project owner not necessarily the project owner but I can say with HR it's a big difference. Mm. Um, for restaurant, you could be casual, casually talking to them, smile. Mm. But then for HR, you have to also learn how to read the signals. Mm. Let's say you approach them and the signal is, I don't want to talk to you. Or I really have five minutes for you. So what I normally do is if I can feel that they didn't have much time for me, I just call to the point. Mm. And um, based on the background or uh, whatever I have checked before I come and see them, I would just go to the point asking them, oh, by the way, I heard you're opening the new um, international school and how many employees would you put there? You need us to be assistant to anything. So it's more about empathy, more about we would like to help. We would like to make it better instead of telling them what we are good at and what are we providing. 
and you do some work to understand their challenges ahead of time. We have to. We have to. We have to actually go through the website, read the profile, read news, mm. and uh, just check around the people who been working with them for a long time in order to go to the right person because there's no point going uh, fishing the small fish in the huge ocean. You yeah. just have to ask first where is the big fish and just go to the point. And um, most of the time when we're giving, we're telling them the news that we heard or something that they're planning to do, they're very impressed. Mm. So let me ask you about that. How do you how do you look up the news and like take and identify the opportunity, right? Like you see, like you said, someone's opening a new international school, right? Right. You see that as an opportunity. How do you translate that opportunity into an empathetic approach? Okay. So um, the same sample as they're opening the international school, but their main business is in hotel. Mm. So I told them. I have learned that you're going to have the new business. So are there any employees that are going to shift from the same company to that one? And uh, and um, do you want us to help doing any more training or any unit, any consulting to improve or to help you prepare to open for the new business? I think mm -hmm. it's more like that. Ah, so yeah. Understanding what you've done for them before, understanding yes. the new opportunity, and converting right. that into an empathetic Correct. conversation. But we always have to go to uh, already with the solutions. We're not going to ask them. I mean, by the time we do some research, we have to think first what we're going to propose them. Mm. Yeah. You have an option ready that you think will be a good fit. Correct. Always go with either or, mm. either this one or another one, option one and two. Not Tell us what you want and we'll figure it out. It's, hey, we have these two things that, that work yeah, well. But would ask first, definitely. Like, uh, yeah. do you need any help for this section? Mm. Is there anything wrong? Oh, by the way. We so that's how we have the option A and B. That's and what we normally do. When you ask those questions, is it always clear what the actual needs or wants are from the customer? Or, or sometimes you have to dig a little deeper? Oh, we always have to dig up a little deeper. Like, always. <laughs> always, always. Well, I wish it could be easier, but, well, that's a... Then it wouldn't be fun, right? It, it, yeah, then it wouldn't be fun. Of course, <laughs> it's uh, sharpening my brain every time I go. So you have to, to, to ask them what they need and what they want. And like I said, they cannot tell us everything what they, what they want mm. because they also not a decision maker. Yeah. So they not really know everything inside except we get to meet HR director mm. or let's say MD or some bigger then we we, we, we get to know all, all the issue but then someone first who has call, the scope. right but then first call we normally meet someone smaller mm. so that is hard it's really take time to dig out information or sometimes I heard one of the HR said oh I'm not allowed to say this mm. is this a you key for you it, it's a key that means I have to contact her boss and have the second meeting with her boss and get their boss to say it. correct <laughs> <laughs> so that's how we do it so you pick up on these little things yes very nice yeah see signs ask questions make them feel comfortable and once they trust you they tell you the secret so see signs ask questions make them feel comfortable so what, what are some of the other signs that you look at so like you said that mm. I, I'm not allowed to say this so what are some of the other things you might see mm that spark a question well let's say if i ask why is it uh 
this manager not allow their staff to train? Mm. Why do they think it's the waste of money? Then I would ask, oh, what is his character? Okay. Uh, have you ever asked your employee like, uh, how do you, how are they happy with the manager, mm. or did the manager have ever trained, or have done any training before for himself, or do you have any research, or you have any, uh, like a side tech tools to check the peers? Side tech tools, right off the bat. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> or then I would say, oh, we have that too. If you wanted to change mm. the organization, we not only start from the line manager of course it has to be a whole stack so the company have the same perspective and that's how uh, the business can move forward and then you know get more revenues always always be selling right or slightly you have to put yeah it has to be there those side tech tools are powerful Woody and I spoke to uh, Kunyuri not that long ago right about some of those and blew my mind uh, it, it, it's actually um, I have to say more than practical. It's really true. Mm. And the great part is they even giving you the result where you're not answering it right. Mm. Means where you're trying to be cool and nice in that test. Deceptive. Like, yeah. It, yes, you have to show. It's sometimes they're, they're showing like, oh, they're such a nice and great person. It's also show the rank that that's a little much. That's not realistic. Yeah. Very, very cool. Now, how long did it take you as a, as a salesperson to get used to the, the empathetic tools, the empathetic side of sales, or did it, did it come naturally to you? I think it's come naturally by, I mean, learning by doing. Mm. So of course, my first year in sales, when I was 23, 22, that was my first job like in sales. Like last year? Oh, <laughs> I wish. You're so nice. <laughs> so um, in that time, what happened was we so scared to call people. We mm. so scared to tell them the price. Our voice on on the phone, call call was checking. We have no confidence at all. But then, the clients actually the one who teach you. Mm. When they give you a lot of trouble, they give you a lot of not nice word. Then you tend to oh, then they have to come back with the new strategies. Mm. Um, how can I talk to them? And then they feel like they wanted to talk to me more than five minutes. Or what tools should I use in order to close sales within, let's say, two days? Or um, how can I make the next step beside cold call to make an appointment and to see them? So I think that's come naturally by 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 doing and by experience. Trial by fire. Uh, yes. <laughs> but I guess by the same token, there's there's a reason that sales training is one of the largest areas in the world for right. training is that these methods work and people see results from them and they have a ton of value. Oh, yes. Yeah. And, uh, um, well, there's one thing I wanted to say is that the actually the great salesperson, they are not selling. They're making friends, right? So some of the, some of the salesperson, they, they, let's say I'm coming up with some product, I'm talking to you. Mm. Hey, Dinah, how was your day? How's everything? Oh, by the way, I'm doing this. But you know what? It's not for you. Mm. However, <laughs> if anyone interested, please, please let me know. So they naturally, they're selling by not directly selling. So I think that's make it. That's the most powerful sales. Selling not without selling. Selling without selling. The soft sell. The soft sell, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Nazma, I really uh, thank you for taking the time today. Before we go, though, if you could leave the listeners with your number one tip to 
apply empathy in the sales process, what would it be? Mm. Well, I think you have to you have to have some sort of a heart that you think of other people. This would be a tip. Mm. It's not okay. Empathy. You're asking other people questions. You try to understand them. Also, you have to be sincerely wanted to understand them. You have to mean it. I have to mean it. Yeah. Thank you so much. Nancy. Thank you. You've been listening to the Lead by Design podcast, brought to you by SEAC's Contextualized Solutions. To find out more and to get exclusive supplemental content for this episode, check us out at seasiacenter.com slash cs.